So, uh, other than that, do you, uh, do you know what episode this is? <laughs> I have no clue. Good. It's a uh, episode bang and a gang, man. The ga- bang is back together again. And by that, I mean the gang is back together again. We got Wiggins in the house tonight and, uh, let's kick off. This is episode, your favorite racers number. Um, 164. I think we discussed who that was and now I've lost it. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. All right. Well, episode one, not, then. 164, Creative Writing, Motor Stinky Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Writing, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show, show. Let me hear it again. Uh, now you're going to record it. <laughs> I'm not. This is, this is on the off record. Um, so, hey, everybody, this is a Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. Of course, we are brought to you by our patrons on where else but Patreon. Um, and I wanted to say that uh, we I did get a chance to talk to Wiggins. He just got back from multiple, multiple race weekends and yeah. a whole like two weeks on the road, basically. And, uh, we did, we recorded some audio. I was I was happy just to call you. I should have called you the next day too when I saw what you're driving through. But we recorded some audio. It did not come out great. So I'm super stoked that you're actually in house tonight and we can talk. Me too. On the mics. I'm super glad that I'm not sitting in my truck seat right now. Yeah. Is that chair comfier than your truck seat? Yeah. That's yeah. not saying much. Yeah. My truck seat was good for like two thousand miles or so. But when I got close to six thousand, I was real tired of it. <laughs> I bet, dude. It, uh, I mean, it could have been the comfiest seat in the world, but sitting upright in one position after, you know, a week is not well, like not bueno. So much of it was like white knuckle, twenty mile an hour freeway. Oh, God, I know that sucked. that looks sucky. How is it to get back into uh, L.A. and still be kind of sucky weather? Uh, no, the rain is much better than like white out snow. Much better. Yeah, and we're here. You're. I've got the. I got the world's comfiest chair. I'm afraid Wiggins mm. might fall asleep. I'm I brought afraid out. I'm gonna fall asleep. Yeah, I brought out some tea for us because we have like tea and homemade bread and yeah. some mead, which I actually made, and then this chair that's all like relaxy yeah. and bouncy. I'm just. I brought that snooze and snuggle tea as a joke because I was like, if he takes that, he'll be out in like five minutes. That chair coupled with that yeah, tea, man. <sighs> Yeah, dangerous. <laughs> and then since I knew the garage was cold, I brought a blanket and slivers. Yeah, dude, what is with this? Listen, okay, well, what is with this? I know we're in SoCal, but I went to I've been I've been putting off buying a, a space heater because my workspace is not heated. You know, it's like it's like a finished garage that I work in and we podcast in, but there's no central heating coming out here. So it's been chilly these last few mornings. It's been 35 dude, while you were gone. Yeah, it's, it's but there's been snow up here in Angeles, right? I had to scrape Heather's uh, windshield like three times before uh, she could go to work. And the uh, what's it called? The um, the lids on the <laughs> trash and recycling bins were frozen shut. Like I couldn't throw oh, stuff wow. away. Yeah, it got so it got like below freezing, uh, right? And so in here, it was a whole like six degrees hotter, <laughs> and. So it was it was six degrees above freezing over here, and uh, 
basically, I you need a space heater in here. And so I put it off, put it off, because the temps have been going up. It's only been like 40 in here in the mornings rather than like 32, you know? That's a big jump. You know, that's actually significant when you put it in the scheme of how cold it's been. But uh, I go to buy a space heater today because I'm f- finally kind of cooled off again in rain. it's raining now. And I'm like, oh my God. It So it got cold today again. I, I was like... Frigate, you know, Wiggins is coming over. We're going to have another co-host in here. And, and uh, you know, with the three of us in here, the body heat's still not going to be good enough to keep us uh, keep us warm. So I'm going to go buy a space heater, you know, treat Wiggins so he doesn't have to bring his blanket and his mukluks over every week uh, until, is that tea good? Yeah. So I didn't want you to suffer either. You know, I know it's I know it's cold and crappy in here. So I went to buy a space heater so we could throw it over over by you. And they're all sold out. And it's like, dude, what's up with that? It's uh, it's not even March yet, and they're already getting out with the winter stuff and in with the, uh, what's it called? It's like the Easter and Christmas trees and turkeys already for the next Thanksgiving. I mean, granted, it is, what, three three more days, it's going to be like the first quarter in the bag. Well, yeah, it's February, so aren't, Christmas stuff's coming out already, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> they're like, uh, trying to put the Thanksgiving stuff back on the shelves. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're already focusing like on Easter and all this other stuff, and it's still pretty been pretty chilly. I'm surprised. Well, a they probably sold out of all of them, and then they probably don't see a need to repurchase more since this is SoCal, and it is going to be what 90 degrees in about a month and a half. So. I'm just going to have to suffer. Four or three days. We really yeah, don't you don't know. I'm going to have to suffer for the next few days. And unfortunately, tonight, I'm glad you brought your blankie, but uh, I'm sorry I didn't have a, a space heater specifically just for the podcast because they don't have them anymore. Um, it is, it's got to be better than your truck, though. I mean, sleeping in like 32 degree Fahrenheit. Oh, my heater works, though. Yeah. I just let the truck run all night. It wasn't too bad. But really? Did it, you have to do that a couple nights? Yes. Oh. A few nights. But... It uh, it needs a little work now. <laughs> Needless to say, <coughs> yeah. I mean, so listen, not because of that, but it it wasn't starting amazing, and then when it got cold, it wouldn't start without ether, and then um, so it blew an exhaust gasket. So I got to fix that. I got to fix the fuel pump in the tank. I think I'm gonna do glow plugs at the same time. Towards the end, like when it would idle for a little bit, and I'd take off, it'd blow white smoke, and then it'd quit. So some forums are saying maybe fuel injectors, but those are expensive, so I don't want to. <laughs> white smoke. Hmm. Yeah, like white smoke. When I'd got like when I'd fill it up, I'd leave it running, and then when I get on the freeway, I'd blow some white smoke. But that's weird. I mean, that sounds like water to me, like a head gasket. It, well, it, um, I don't think head gasket, but um, I was thinking maybe it could have been getting some condensation with a blown exhaust manifold gasket. But because those trucks aren't really known for blown head gaskets, it, yeah. I guess it's pretty difficult to do that in those. Yeah. But um, uh, blown it, exhaust gasket looked like your uh, your driving mate had a blown exhaust gasket there <laughs> <laughs> after. Our- yeah, that was a good night of drinking PBR, and he was stinking the truck up. Dude, PBR is the worst. It is. But yeah, um, I mean, it's a quarter million mile truck, so it, it definitely needs a little uh, little TLC after that. But that's okay. It, a lot of stuff. A lot of the front end's new and a lot of the rear end's new, and now it just needs some fueling stuff it needs fixed. It's the middle now. Um be good for some another quarter mil. How many how many trips to Milwaukee has that thing made? Oh, shit. I don't know. I made two last year. Um, a average one or two a year for the last four or five years. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like that trip alone was almost 6,000 miles, and it's made that trip before. 
like I'm really glad I'm not driving it every day as my daily. Um, I'm glad I got a, a car to do that for now. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, I'm still going to put over 10,000 miles a year on it just towing a trailer. So yeah, yeah, and then add on track days on the RC and all that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so, that's a couple hundred miles, but still, I mean, it'll, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know. Um, Diggs is going out to Arizona. I kind of want to go out and ride with him in Arizona. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty rad. Yeah. Um, so listen, we're not going to play any of the audio from the phone call, but I, we did, I did call you. I knew you were, this is last week, uh, last Friday, I think it was right. Saturday night. Okay. So I knew it was after the podcast that came out. So last Saturday night, yeah, you were driving. I don't even know where the heck you were, but it sounded miserable. And, uh, Slay J and I were talking last week. Uh, it looked pretty miserable coming out of Portland. Mm-hmm. So let's back up the last couple of weeks since you haven't been in in studio. Let's talk about let's talk about this stuff. And I know we you probably talked you talked to me already about it, but you probably talked to a hundred people about it. Let's rehash. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rehash the so the we, one show. Yeah. Arri- arriving up there, what was it like first when you when you pull in? So getting there wasn't bad to the one show. Um, had had the weather hit up there too, like this vortex. Not thing? really yet. Huh. It was a little wet and rainy, but it wasn't snowy yet. So we snuck in Friday and we dropped off the bikes. And then um, we we went on into Portland. Um, I wanted to go back. There was a race Friday night, but everyone wanted to stay at the show. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I don't care. <laughs> what type of, like a part of the show race? Or? No, same track and everything ran by the same people, but it's just like a club race. Hmm. So all the Indians, because they were on brand new FTR 1200s, did it. A couple other people did it just to get some seat time. And I like that track. I mean, it's definitely a fun ride, fun race. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we did – so we stayed at the show Friday. um, Didn't stay out too late or anything, actually. Yeah, Portland – I know Milwaukee and Portland, the vibes are a whole lot different. Yeah, you mean from one another or from yeah, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, no, from here, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Portland's a cool vibe in that show. There's definitely a lot going on. You know, we stayed at the show pretty late, um, and then just went back to the hotel. Yeah. Um, Did you see any good bikes at the show? Did you see anything you liked up there? You know, I didn't really look at a ton. Nothing really like grabbed my attention. Where I was like, oh man, wow. Um, but I don't know. I mean, kind of just, I see so many people I know and I have so much stuff going on that I, I usually don't walk around the show as much as I should probably. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think there's nothing that I can think that really just like stood out. Yeah. Anybody race a show bike like they have in the past where they made a tracker um, for the show slash one race? Yeah. Yeah. No one made one for the show. But that uh, there's a guy in Minnesota called Gun Designs, G-U-N-N, and he has a – he's actually been out a few times. I've seen him. So the bike's a few years old now too. Um, he has a badass like BMW. I think it started as an R9T, but it's got a tracker tail and flat track tires. Um, he races it. Um, not hard, but he races it. Kind of yeah. like uh, – uh, Earl that has the Ducati yeah, with the body kit, yeah, those are um, and he hasn't even raced it. Someone else raced it, but you know when I've seen Earls out there, it doesn't get raced per se. Yeah, yeah, it gets put on the track during race time, but yeah. you know, which they, it's like taking a Ferrari out on a track day. You don't want to like push the limits and go off in a ditch in it, right? I, mean, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of real Ferrari race cars, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, like 
Well, let's say like a collectible uh, one-off know. Ferrari. Have you ever watched Goodwood? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, uh, I used to go to the Chrysler Speed Classic when I lived in San Diego every year, and I saw some original like 1960s yeah. factory Porsches go into the wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot, I watched a thing at Goodwood this year. There was a Daytona Shelby going at it with a 250 GTO, like both cars were period correct, battling again. Yeah, yeah. And both cars are like pretty priceless. I think Yeah. I think the Ferraris valued it more, but the Daytona, there were only six ever made. One of them got locked in a garage for a long time, yeah, and I think lady. one or two got destroyed. I don't know how many actually exist anymore. Yeah. And they were giving it. It was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. No, but, I see you see you see cars bumping like yeah. at those things. But it's also a different level. Like Goodwood, even though they're out there in a fifteen million dollar car, they want to send it and they they've got the money to fix that fifteen million dollar yeah. car. You know, um Yeah, I've heard Adam Carolla talk about that before on the topic of like yeah. racing Paul Newman's collectible cars, yeah. you know, like they're owned by, we're owned by Paul Newman and now you own them. Like he's yeah, talked absolutely. about that, but I don't know to me, like if I built a couple Earls, I probably wouldn't be like, yeah, go thrash them. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. I mean, and you know, to relate the difference, I mean, what you actually said was right. Although it's like, it's like Earl with his Ducati, which again, he had someone else ride it, but it was if he was like, "Hey, dude, this is the only Ferrari I own." So yeah, yeah, some, that's, you know, that's yeah, like the it's not before. anyone that has a fifteen million dollar car and can afford to fix it. Yeah, it's like if you had a fifteen, like a five, like a two hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah, but it was all you had. Yeah. So you know, I I mean, it's cool to see the bikes out there though, for sure. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, but nothing that was like specific, I think this year. How'd you do? How did you do in the one? Uh, I did okay. I got like fourth, I think in the B main. Yeah. I mean, it was stacked pretty good. I, I wasn't on my game at that one. Um, you know, as I have been in the past and, um, I got some new icon leathers and I think I should have got a size or two bigger. So it was real hard to bend my leg right for a flat track. (laughs) Um, or was it just perfect to lock it in and then it couldn't go anywhere? Yeah, further? like I, I think they'll be fine on the RC on the track. <laughs> but um, you know, have you ever seen that uh, German bobsledding team where they're the women's team is getting ready to go and the girl squats down in her? Uh, you yeah, know how they yeah, wear those super like, lycra that just splits it open. Uh huh. Did that? Did that happen? If no, there that no split, splits. What would ha- what would we see if Wiggins is oh, uh, leather split? You would not want to be there. <laughs> but yeah, so it was kind of hard to like bend my leg up in the mid corner, but huh. it really wasn't that. It was just everyone has stepped their game up a lot more and I was doing really good following that curve, um, for a while and it's dropped off for about 18 months. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was all good. Fast J Wait made a minute. the main. Is that about how old your kid is? Yeah. <laughs> fast J made the main. Um, and there were some super, super fast dudes. Yeah. You know, good heats. Good. I was getting some good, decent starts and well, the one show was fun. Um, you know, it was an RSD event, and I'm not going to do a lot of them, so it was cool to go do that one. How many, um, I mean, there was a pro main, there was, hooli- was there a hooligan main? How did they have the classes split up? Was there, like, a fun class, and was there, like... For uh, hooligan or for just in general? In general, okay. like, what was, was it an all-day race thing? Because I, I, I went to look at it on Fans Choice, not, and I couldn't get it. You, yeah, have to subscri- it. you have to, like, make an account for Fans Choice now. You can't just oh, really? log on and watch anymore. Weird. Yeah. 
I don't. I, don't I noticed know. that at the beginning of the year. I, I I think I got like a. Do they email. want you to pay, or they just want? You no, to- they just want you to have an account. Okay, to log so they can in. Keep tracking. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so there was a pro pro class. Okay, Sammy Halbert won that. There was a what they call the Super Hooligan class, which was the first four I know were pro. Um, I'm not sure about on back, but I, I know there were had to be other pros. Pro flat tracker, or pro like motocrosser. Um, first was a pro flat track ex national number, like na- national champ. So just not current pros. Second was a current pro singles rider who's never made an event, but he's a pro road racer. Third was a current local California pro flat track guy who doesn't really follow the circuit at all. And fourth was a pro same like local you know just local yeah. pro from iowa so bush league pro sort of guys uh, not first and s- not first yeah first was joe cop so a recently it's like if a peyton manning were to retire this year and then go play yeah uh, that's who won college football this yeah, that's year. that's literally the <laughs> guy that won whatever right okay um yeah, yeah who looking technically not a pro nfler anymore but yeah, playing NFL yeah, games—that exactly. so sort of analogy. Um, Let's do this t- in Australia. It's basically like if uh, what's his fl- face from the Tomahawks on your guys' rugby team retired, but then went and played at like secondary school uh, uh-huh. <laughs> on their on their team. Let's do this for Scotland. It's like if uh, whoever the best golfer in Scotland—no, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just let's just move on. <laughs> we basically a recent recent ex pro. Uh, yeah. Got number one. Well, and he was national champ in 2000, I think. But too. the super hooligans can be anybody, right? I mean, as long as you're not on yeah. the race sponsored nope. bike sort of thing, right? Like, I don't even know. As long as you're on a hooligan bike, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If Jeffrey Carver wanted to ride my bike there, yeah. he could have done it. Yeah. Um, if Jared Meese hooligan. wants to ride an FTR 1200, he can do it. Yeah. You know, that's super hooligan is open to that. Yeah. And. Really, at that point, there's no guarantee that those guys would win. Yeah. I mean, I'd put my money on Carver or Meese, but, you know, Sammy won his first time out. But now when you're dealing with guys that have stepped it up more and yeah. with Joe Cop and stuff, I mean, it's a different ballgame for oh, sure. Yeah. But I would I would liken it to, you know, you're going from like having the top gear in your sport and practicing all the time at that top level and now be given mediocre gear with guys that have been practicing a lot on that mediocre mm-hmm. gear, right? So yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I like about it is that like you're right. Even even a pro doesn't stand 100% guarantee right. that they're going to win. No, there's that for sure. I still am against doing it that way yeah. because like I said at least the top four and I don't know who got fifth were – pros not very long ago you know or current pros um same with flat out friday most of the main was was pros that were you know a couple guys really were giving it a good run in the twins class um a couple guys were pretty known singles riders a couple of them really weren't much but they it was still what they did a lot you know and that's the shit that you know uh, that we're competing against yeah you know with this cop fella he's he teaches schools still. So, I yeah, mean, yeah. Oh, he still rides a lot. When we did the Super Prestigio, and actually, he debuted the FTR 750. I remember that at uh, the last at round Santa of Santa Rosa AFT. Mile of 2016. Yeah. Like, that's how, I mean, he's. He's still number three. He still owns that number plate, I think. Yeah. You know, he that, keeps, what he does, he keeps his license 
up to date, and then every couple of years he does a few races. Yeah, it reminds me some some old motocross pro. Gosh, I wish I could remember. I'll, I'll look it up, but they are coming out of retirement to race flat track, basically. Mm. And so, yeah, it's Jeff like, Ford. Yeah, that's right, Jeff Ford. He's also not just an old motor. Well, first of all, the reason that to me is different is he's going to race pro flat track, not hooligan flat track. He's not looking at it like, ooh, look, I can go get a free bike and a bunch of shit because I can race against these fat fucks that made it cool. He's going, I'm an old retired man, but I can keep up with these singles riders. Yeah. And you know what? I would not bet against that dude, especially at Daytona on a TT, which yeah. that's mostly what he's doing is TTs. I, I was going to say, I read that he was specifically focusing on TTs. Focusing on, yes. Well, you know... So he was an old pro motocrosser, right? You know what he's done since then? He's pretty well dominated Supermoto for the last 15 or 20 years. No kidding. Like, race Nikki Hayden and spanks him. Race uh, Mickey Diamond and spanks him. Like, Jeff Ward has been the top Supermoto guy for, I'd say, 20 years. I mean, just no... Not current, though, right? Yeah, fucking current. Really current? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, if if and when he goes and races, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It, not that there's a lot of top pro AMA stuff going on, but yeah. And I don't know how much he does the series that's out here right now, the uh, West Coast, the War Series. I don't know what it is. West America's uh, racing. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Jeff Ward shows up to a supermoto track all old and fat. You better. <laughs> better not bet against him right some of those guys really uh can be surprising it reminds me of like nascar a you know decade and a half ago i used to watch scca and uh back when speed vision was a channel and it had and it was rich enough to sponsor races they would have the speed uh you know the touring car champ and boris said was just a ripper he he raced the the mustangs like that last gen mustang before it got all crazy yeah and he was a really good road racer at like you know scca level and the speed vision level well nascar would like twice a year do like sears point and like uh lime rock or something like they that they do sears point and something in new york i want to say lime rock Wet watkins glenn still uh maybe that's what it was is watkins glenn i know they used to do watkins glenn a lot i don't know what they do now though i think sonoma yeah probably and maybe Watkins Glen are the two road courses they do. Yeah. They used to do Riverside and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Sears Point or Sonoma Raceway and um, Watkins Glen, and they would bring him in as a specialist, and he still wouldn't beat, you know, like Junior and stuff like that, who practiced carts, and so did Tony, um, what's-his-face that ran over the guy? Oh, uh, Tony Stewart. Yeah, Tony Stewart would practice. Uh, he, you know, started karting, I guess. And so he was like a road, pretty good road. So, I mean, it's, yeah. you're not guaranteed, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, who did we just see win the Daytona 200 a couple couple years ago? It was an older guy. I forget who it was. But, um, you know, it was a guy that was like 48 or something like that. I want to yeah. say I want to say it was somebody that was an old road racer. And I just can't – I'm so sorry. I can't remember the name. But uh, it's like that. Like the guy comes in and, and don't doubt him because they're old. I mean, they have that means they have years of skill under their belt as long as they're willing to push it still. So it'll be kind of cool to see uh, what somebody like that can do on a TT. I didn't. Is he singles only? Is that what he's going to be racing? Yeah, he's okay. Just I didn't see that part. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a motocross supermoto guy, so it's a natural transition for yeah, him. Yeah, I, sure. I mean, 
I'd give the guy a real damn good shot of winning fucking Daytona. All jokes aside, I don't care how old he is, especially because they put the pavement up on it too. Yeah. He's going to be the only one trusting that turn going from pavement to dirt. He can hit the jump better than most of them. He can turn right better than most of them. And the, the dude just rips on a supermoto. Dude, I, I mean, I'm excited because this is like I know in the old days, like the old old days when they were racing like the KR Harleys and stuff and BSAs and Triumphs, they used to use pavement and then huck it out to the sand for the Daytona uh, 200. And this mm-hmm. is back when the Daytona 200 was basically like a gigantic flat track, but you used you used the beach. You would turn onto the beach go out and then it was still a big oval but you use pavement and and the beach right so i think it's cool i don't know if that's why they're doing it but i think it's cool that they're doing pavement and then like a little it is more supermoto so maybe that's why he's like hey dudes i'm in (laughs) i'll come rock it uh yeah um yeah it'd be cool to see jeff ward do it i I mean i'm i'm excited I, i think uh it'd be good for the sport of flat track not that he's like popular, popular, but it'll be good for the sport unless he just spanks all the kids, and then I don't know <laughs> if that'll be good or not. <laughs> but I, I do. I think it'll be good overall. Um, does that mean that kids suck, or that he's really good, or that does it show that? Uh, what bothers me if he just goes out and spanks everyone is I don't want to discredit the skill of flat track riders. Yeah. And if this old man comes in and he spanks everyone, everyone will be like, see, man, I knew those flat track riders weren't that good. <laughs> I knew that was a low-level motorcycle sport. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, listen, I don't think that's going to happen based on what we saw these past two weekends, you know? For sure. And, and, I th- think, and that's not even – I mean, pros were there, but I'm saying that's not even like AFT events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, one, I think he does have a chance to – to win for sure. I'm I'm not going to discredit that. I just hope that that's not people's uh, mentality if he does. And the mead. <laughs> I know, right? And if he does, I mean, honestly, I think if, if people think that way, then they're obviously not paying attention to what Mark Marquez and Valentina Rossi are doing. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely that side of it. But uh, I think, I think it'd be cool to see him there. Yeah. So, that'd be fun. He was not unfortunately in Salem, but <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe Cop was. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and he'll be, he'll, <laughs> we might see him. What if all these old guys start coming out? That'd be kind of rad too. I'd love to see Troy Bayless. I think he, he uh, does a flat track race at his house yeah, every year. Yeah. Well, he does um, the one at Tari. The, the, maybe uh, that's it then. That, it's like a lima bean tar track. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's a weird Troy Bayless classic. I mean, the thing is with flat track, with the old guys, it's, it's a good sport for dudes that are older because so much of what makes it isn't recklessness and and just going balls out. It's being smooth and consistent and precise. Yeah. And that's what the old dudes are good at. You know, it's not, you know, short tracks are a little rougher for sure, but still guys like Jeff Ward and Joe Cop, you know, and and Chris Carr and Jared Meese, they've spun so many laps and they're so smooth and have so much control that that's what really is nice about flat track, that that that's what really kind of 
separates it, if you will. Yeah. You know, and yes, a lot of motorcycle, even Singsheim's fucking four-second quarter mile, like I'm sure that there's a lot of really fine, precise adjustments on that bike. It's not yeah. just wide open to dump the clutch. But By the way, reach your left hand over the back of your head uh, and down now. You feel a box right there? Uh-huh. That's got an ashtray in it, pre-smoked piston from oh, uh, from Singsheim's bike. He even wrote his ET and, and speed on there. Nice. On the top of the piston. Um, he was doing like 124 miles an hour when that thing fucking blew. That's half of what Spamela can do, but I'm still impressed. <laughs> That's right. I threw her out of an airplane once and she went much faster than that. This is out of a thousand, isn't it? Yeah. Man, they must... For some reason, I thought it'd be about twice as big as a 600. I don't think it really is. Although, I don't remember my old CBR 600s having that small a skirt. Oh, dude, that's a 550, and I can show you the piston out of that. It's, like, smaller than that, for sure. Yeah, I just remember my old CBR 600 pistons. It's crazy it burnt on the side. I know, I know. It must have maybe... I mean, the other side's scarred, but it melted through on the side. That's weird. Yeah, like where it burnt, like how it burned, yeah. Yeah, I'm just used to old two-strokes burning... When I would melt pistons, and it was always in the middle. Always right in the center, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe a ring let go, and then it lets pressure off or something, and that yeah. leans out one side. Yeah, maybe. I don't. It's interesting. We'll have to talk to for, Doctor Forensic Singsheim. Yeah, right. But he's rebuilding his bike to a turbo anyway. So yeah. I mean, I think that was a uh, that was a nitrous burn. I think so. I'm not Crazy. 100% on that, but yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because he's tearing it down for this. You know, obviously they yeah, haven't yeah. ran in the 18 feet of snow that they have. Hey, listen, SoCal, by the way, if you're up to Mammoth Mountain this weekend, check out Mammoth's Prices. <laughs> I didn't want to go into full uh, announcer mode there, but dude, Mammoth has like friggin' like 20 feet of snow right now. And our own local mountains, Big Bear and Snow Summit and Mount Baldy, they're going to be open for quite a while. I was up there last year and I was talking to the people and they were just like, I, I was there, me and my buddies do like a cabin trip up there before the snow hits. And they were just like, yeah, it's been dry these last, you know, this last decade. And that was like uh, a little over six months ago. So now I can't imagine. They're just like, oh my God, hallelujah. Because they've had snow up there for like the last month, right? And since you've been gone, it's just been dumping rain, you know, every damn yeah. day. And it was dumping snow everywhere else in the country. Yeah, so listen. I'd prefer the I rain. know, I know. Well, you know, speaking of that, getting back to your trip and everything, um, walk us through, walk a shaw, walk us through getting out of Portland. Like oh, you did the man. flat track and you did, uh, I saw Brad Spencer on one of your Instagram stories. So that we were, st- yeah, I was going to make a joke about old guys when you were talking about it a minute ago, whipping, whipping, whipping uh, the yeah, guys' butts. So, well, was he, even was actually, he there? to get to Portland was a little eventful too. So, yeah. My airbags quit working on my truck. So, of course, I'm like, oh, fuck, my compressor quit. So I um, We're not talking your SRS. We're talking like your sh- suspension airbag. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I have a suspension uh, airbag on the back for the towing. And uh, so I go to a TA across the street, and they're like, oh, we, we can't really work on those, blah, blah, blah. So he gives me a number for a guy, and I call a guy, and he's like, yeah, I'm like 20 minutes out. So I go in, and I was like, could I borrow a voltmeter just to kind of check? So... I get a voltmeter. I'm getting 12 volts off my power wire. I'm checking everything I can think of. I'm trying to jump the fucking compressor and it's not doing anything. Like tried to hook it up to a drill battery and all kinds of shit. Tried to hook it up direct, nothing to the power line. So the guy comes and he lays down and he throws 12 volts on it. I was like, well, fuck. So the compressor works. 
So he checks the power line and it's 12 volts. So he's trying to check the switch. And then he's talking about wiring a switch in direct. And then he's like, well, maybe, um, I was like, well, fuck, you just hook it up solid and let's see what it does. Nothing. I'm like, well, he's like, well, I got 12 volts. I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't know. So we, you know, he's trying to hook it up direct to the power line, skipping the pressure switch, nothing. So we're like thinking, he's like, I don't, I don't know, man, we got 12 volts, but the compressor works. So maybe it's the switch, but then we bypass the switch. So we don't know. You bypassed the switch and the pump still didn't work. Right, right. Okay. So I follow the line back to the the battery. Uh Uh-huh. And there's a, but the pump worked because he put 12 volts on it. Oh, right. Okay. So he yeah. tested the pump. Yeah. Okay. So we were really short on ideas. So I follow the line back and there's a fuse in line and it was all swollen and shit. So what had happened was it melted the fuse, the little inline fuse body. Well, it didn't blow the fuse. It just had gotten hot and melted everything. So the, when you hook a voltmeter to it, you're not checking current. You're just checking the volts, right? Yeah. So it would, yeah, it had 12 volts. But the problem is to run something, you need amps. Yeah. So when it would put an amp draw, it had no amps. No amps could flow through even though it was still 12 volts. I'm not the... Yeah, what was happening there I'm at the, the fuse? I'm not the best at wiring, but that's my basic... So basically, it wasn't blown, so it was still connected, but it was so melted that a current couldn't flow through. Right, okay. So... That was basically what happened. But talk about fucking with your head. Like, okay, it's 12 volts, but it's not It's not doing anything. Yeah. So we basically cut it out, put another. They had an inline one at the little TA, so I put that in, and it worked fine, or he put it in. So almost $200 later for an hour minimum, and I don't know what else, um, we were back on the road. The worst part was I'm the one that found the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. You sh- how much did but, you pay yourself? Yeah, right. And for those of you that aren't truck drivers, TA is like a pretty rad, uh, like I don't know, like yeah. truck stop store, right? Yeah, if you have a real truck, not and a like a truck. like a semi rig, yeah. yeah. Um, but so that got us on the road. We got to Portland. So when we leave Portland on Monday morning, wait, time out. Are you looking at Barbies on your thing? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was a Barbie. Uh, I always talk about how you're looking at birthday cakes and shit on your phone. Now, I was like, um, now you're looking at Barbie dolls. It's so your- we left Portland Monday morning after the show on Sunday. And um, how hard do you guys party in Portland? Not like a Milwaukee party, right? Uh, I didn't party that hard at either. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I really didn't. Sunday night. No, not really. I had it a little bit, but not. I didn't really party that hard. Uh, I wasn't hung over the whole trip at all, actually. So Monday morning, we How about get up. during your race? No. <laughs> Were you hung over during your race? We leave. Uh, we head out of Milwaukee or uh, Portland at 6 a.m. All good. All good. For like right as we get out of town, it's fucking snowy and nasty. Oh, yeah. So no big deal. We're slowing down. We're driving slow. How we, slow and how how long are we talking now? Like 40 for a while. And then we start hitting the mountains and we slow down to like 30, Jeez. 25. And like the problem is at 25, my truck just wants to go faster. Yeah. So then, of course, like we're moving around on the road. Everything else is chaining up. Everything. So we get to a chain up spot and we throw some chains on. I knew I had them. I'd never put them on before. They're a pain in the ass, especially because you can't, to fasten the inside one, you can't get your hand between the two tires very well. Yeah. So whatever. We get chains on. We're doing 25, 30, 35. 
actually we go like a 200 yards and snug them up and then we take off. So we're doing like 35, maybe 40 couple times. Like just, again, the truck cruises with a trailer. Don't bother it. And we're getting smoked by semis, dude. They're doing fucking 60 yeah, yeah. with chains on. They're probably used to that stuff too up there. Yeah, but what I don't know is how their chains don't break because my fucking chains broke. Yeah. So, of course, my co-driver's like, oh, if they're hitting your fenders, you'd know it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're hitting my fucking fenders. <laughs> I like, I saw one in a mirror kind of swinging and like almost hit a guardrail. Luckily, there was a big snow bank, I think, is what saved me in the fucking guardrail. And we're not. Like, we're going slow. When I see that, like, I'm slowing down. It's just hilly and curvy like we are in a fucking mountain pass yeah yeah and heavy snow the roads are totally fucking covered yeah the i mean the five here north you couldn't get out of la uh, yeah yeah you couldn't get out of la a lot of the mail uh, well the difference is when there's a half inch snow on the five everyone stops because it's california yeah fuck dude there was traffic coming to your house at quarter till seven because it's raining yeah <laughs> I wondered why it took you so long It was because of traffic Yes, It's so, true dude The traffic was horrible coming home from horrible. soccer practice tonight. So we um, I drove for 7 or 8 hours straight On one tank of fuel That's amazing 30 to 40 miles That's amazing I was so fucking exhausted The chains broke And hit my fucking over fenders And my under fender covers And my bed a little bit which the bed because oh, of the dang. over fenders it's not that bad so it took some chunks out of my over fenders not too bad but I do want to try and get on like the inner fenders back in yeah but fuck dude it was like eight hours did I'm, it chunk your what what I would call a fender liner did yeah. it chunk it oh yeah. the whole inner fender liners they're gone. really thin they're plastic gone. compared to yeah but my over fenders are plastic too yeah so I mean, my because mine's inner a dual fender liners at, are pretty skinny. the fender liner liners are gone yeah. Then my over fender, or you probably ran over them out there on the road somewhere. The covers, yeah, because it's a dually, so the big extensions, yeah. Luckily, it's not a one piece bed like the new ones, but fuck those up a little bit. It was like eight hours. We stop at a fucking gas station, we fill up, we eat, and I'm like, I don't know what to fucking do. My chains are broke. I can't use them, but I need chains. It's fucking horrible. You're doing 25 to 35 miles an hour for like six hours, right? Yeah, destroying my fucking destroying truck. Destroying your truck the whole time. So they tell us there's a JL, JS Stein or something like that. Okay. Um, so we go down there. I buy new chains, 100 bucks. I have them put on for 25 bucks because I was like, if they fucking break, I'm calling these dudes. Yeah, 25 bucks is a, yeah, a job. And I was like, yeah, when I tried to put them on later, they sucked. But I was like... Um, how fast should we go in these? And they were like, I wouldn't go any faster than 30. And I was like, I wish I would have known that before I did 40. <laughs> but again, like the semis were fucking flying. They probably have different chains. I but, mean, dude, I had pretty hefty chains and who yeah, would have thought it would have broke links? Those things literally have like metal clamps that clamp them down and stuff. Like the semi chains are robust, dude. Mine were pretty fucking similar. Yeah. They're obviously not that heavy, but they were heavy. Cause yeah. mine are for Mack trucks too. Mine are 19.5 chains. Huh. So mine are s- not semi-chains, but they're semi-chains. It might have been the... They're like garbage truck chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And they fucking broke. <laughs> You're hardcore, dude. So we put them on. We go to the freeway. I hated the fucking chains for the two miles we had them on. Get to the freeway, and the freeway is clear, and all the trucks are pulling over and taking their chains off. Wait, because of the... No, because the snow was gone then no no i'm saying you hated them because oh, of the yeah. constant like yeah, yeah they're noisy yeah. they suck chains really do suck so we uh we took them off 
and then just started driving and we didn't make it. I was fucking exhausted on Monday. We didn't make it super far and we stopped and I was like, let's get a fucking hotel. Cause like, dude, it just, it wore me out driving that eight hour stretch. Oh yeah, I bet. Non-fucking-stop. It was either seven or eight. I think it was eight. You'd picked up a co-driver at this point. Yeah, I picked him up in LA. Oh, okay, okay. But I wasn't going to let him drive over that pass. If anyone was going to run us off into a ditch and we were going to die, it was going to be me. <laughs> right. I was hearing about all sorts of traffic getting stranded. And when it, when it's bad here in L.A., you know that it's bad wherever yeah. everyone's driving in actual snow. Like I drove, we drove through Denver when I was a little kid. Uh, and whatever the Continental Divide, like we picked winter time to drive through there. And it was bad, dude. It was pretty rough. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't imagine doing that, towing other people's bikes, all your gear, your buddy, you know, like that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it was exhausting to say the least. Yeah. But, so we got a hotel and then, of course, we get a late start the next day too because the hotels you sleep until 7 or 8 or 9. Oh, yeah. When you sleep in your truck, you, I get up at 6. Depend, if I block my windows enough, I'll sleep till like 6.30 or so. But You put the blackout blinds on? I do. I, I stick like a blanket in the window and roll the window <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we drove uh, Tuesday all day. We didn't actually make it super far. And then we slept in the truck in Wyoming or Nebraska. Drove across Nebraska, Nebraska, went to, stopped at Kung Fu Tap and Taco in Des Moines. Um, since I'm guessing most of our listeners are motorcycle people, um, if you're ever through Des Moines, there's a couple rad motorcycle bars, but the main one is Kung Fu Tap and Taco. Yeah. It's owned by the dudes from FTW Co. So cool little place. Um, uh, and if Fatty's working the bar, tell him Wiggins sent you. He might buy you a beer. He might not. I would say he'd buy me a beer, but both times I've went, I haven't paid anything, so yeah. that was cool. And if you ever get stranded on the side of the road, tell him Large Marge sent you. <laughs> <laughs> so we did stay and party in Des Moines, <laughs> although I had to drive a fucking trailer to my buddy's house, so I didn't drink. Yeah. And we left Des Moines Thursday morning. We had like a six-hour drive, and my, my co-driver, I kept telling him, I'm like, dude, I want to fucking get to Milwaukee. Like, let's... Let's leave the bar. Let's drive two hours down the road and let's fucking sleep in the truck. And glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> and he's like, "No, let's go to Babers and crash there, man. It'll be fun." And I'm like, "Whatever." So I do. And then as we're pulling into Milwaukee, too, you do crash at Babers. Yeah, we did crash. At How Babers. was that? It was cool. Yeah. It was just. It uh, wasn't two hours closer to Milwaukee. It wasn't two hours closer, and I didn't wake up at six a.m. Yeah. So <laughs> you're all business, man. You know, like, who wants to be in the middle of fucking nowhere? <laughs> hey, like, Baber lives there. He might be listening. <laughs> well, hopefully he is. He knows he lives in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so we, um, I don't know. So we roll into Milwaukee the next day at about 5. We have to go by a Harley dealer and grab some shit. PM? Uh-huh. Oh, man. We wash off the bikes again, get them pretty good. They get dirty going to the fucking hotel. We check into the hotel, and he's like, oh, man, I didn't know there was so much stuff to do in Milwaukee tonight. And I was just like... Is this Baber or your buddy? My my co-driver. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, you mean like the guy that fucking told you there was a bunch of shit to do? <laughs> That's why I wanted to get here earlier? Yeah. Is that why he wanted to take his time? Because he wasn't sure... Uh, uh, yeah, he just... Of the he's good a little scatterbrained. <laughs> he's super rad, but a little scatterbrained. Yeah. We would like pull off the freeway and he'd want something like better to eat than like shit that's at the stop when you get off the freeway. 
and he'd be like looking for restaurants taking forever. And then he'd be like, Oh, let's just get subway. And I'm like, you mean like the one that was right by the exit? <laughs> That's how they put them right there. And I'm like, dude, you can't like you're, you know, when you, he's lives in Columbus. So I'm like, when you're in Columbus and you know where to go eat, you can get good food. When you're in LA, you can go get good food. When you're in fucking Cheyenne, Wyoming on the freeway, when you're making you, fucking time, you get like your yeah. best choice is Subway. We found a couple of Jimmy John's that was lucky, and that's it, dude. Yeah, when if you not, see something you're eating McDonald's you rec- or yeah. KFC or something like I was gonna say, when you see something you recognize, yeah. you get it. Yeah, fuck your diet, you eat what you can eat. <laughs> like, that's just that's how the road is, man. Like, was he prepping for a photo shoot yeah, I don't in a couple know. weeks? I don't know because I mean, so, that, road food will really throw off your physique. Oh, if you're dude, a fitness road food's model. hard. I yeah. don't know how Carver fucking does it. Yeah. He must fucking grocery shop and take shit with yeah, him. Yeah, and he also finds these off the beaten path. Yeah. Like vegan. Hey, you guys, listen. We're coming up on an hour. Do you hear Wiggins? That chair is starting to work. It's magic oh, over man, there. Dude, it's, it's We've had a few hour. yawns. He's got some meat in his head. You're, well, you're settling my, in, buddy. It's past my fucking bedtime. And it's anyway, past your bedtime? So. Like, dude, this is amazing. Yeah, it is my bedtime yeah. right now. Um, so, so you guys are you guys are heading out missing, <laughs> and then he picks... The restaurant yeah. that you just passed anyway. So we make it to Milwaukee. <laughs> okay. um, we party a little bit at Fuel Cafe on Thursday. Um, that looked like a lot of fun. The, I think the rivets were there. The, Milwaukee the rivets, rivets were there. Again, I didn't like drink too much. I saw uh, Butcher do his uh, uh, signature burnout in the bar. Yeah, that was before we even got there. Oh, okay. Um, then so you guys rolled in late. Hotel. Rolling in late tomorrow. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, we went and got dinner before we went there. That's okay, why okay. we were like, yeah. And then Friday was rad. Had a couple hiccups. My dad was a fucking bonehead with a trailer. Got my truck and trailer stuck again. Did your dad cruise up from... Uh, yeah, he cruised up from Illinois. Idlesville? Oh, Illinois. That's right. That's yeah. not too far. Not too far from... Uh, well, depending where you're at. But Southern Illinois to Milwaukee. Central Southern, so it's like four hours <laughs> That's yet. That's a little bit. But, I mean, if you're technically, if you're in northern Illinois, it's an hour. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. So. Who wants um, to live in Chicago, though? I don't know. Not me. More deaths in Chicago than any other city in the world. <laughs> um, but Friday went good, man. I Their timing thing didn't work. And so I got a decent heat, but I was second on the front row in the heat. This is you're already talking about Flat Out Friday. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. see Flat Out Friday via Flat Out Friday Facebook page, uh-huh. and then I'm sure Harley was streaming it and whoever uh-huh. else was there. But that was put on really well. The announcing was done well. The timing and scoring looked good on the screen, but the graphics looked good on the screen. But you could tell that they weren't the numbers of the guys that the camera was on who were yeah. at first. So I knew something was janky with the timing. So I. You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see your heat race actually, but I saw your main. Yeah, so my heat race was actually before they broadcast anything. Okay, that's why. That's yeah, why. yeah. But which is a bummer because I won my heat race. Yeah, I know. Um, the heat race though was, um, yeah, it was kind of luck of the draw with the heat, and I wasn't in a super stacked one, although I wasn't in a slow one, and I got not a great start. The dude inside of me wheelied and like fell over towards me in a wheelie. So I lifted and went into turn one behind him and then came out behind him actually, but I came out in second. And I think he actually had a slightly better pace than I did, but he ended up hitting his primary coming out of two on one of the laps. And so I just snuck under him and I ran away and won the heat. Yeah. 
So that locked me in the main, which was awesome because there was a lot of super fast dudes that didn't make the main. Yeah, you were uh, you you placed ahead of last year's X Games champ, right? Yeah, yeah. Danny, well, was it Danny Mishler that? Won yeah, last was he year? in my heat? Yeah, I think so. He might have been in my heat. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I practiced with him. Um, yes, I don't remember if he's in the heat or not, but yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember now. It was because the heat, like you said, I was like, oh, Wiggins is posting that he raced, raced, but I didn't see anything broadcast. So that makes sense. I didn't know. They, I figured that after I saw that, I figured they were probably only going to be broadcasting like semis and mains or something like that. So yeah. it was fun to see all the classes that they had this year. And honestly, I feel like one of the fastest classes was that scooter class <laughs> just because they never let off. They never yeah. let off. Yeah, yeah, they were funny. <laughs> um, the main event went pretty good. I think I ended up eighth. Yeah, you did pretty so, good. You were uh, you were in sixth there for a hot second, I think, and then I think, I think I was remember. in seventh for a hot second. Okay, okay. And then I opened the door, and uh, Robert Bush snuck through. Right, Bush Bros. Robert Bush. Yep. Uh, I didn't see Brad Spencer there. Was he there? He was. He um, again, luck of the draw and little short concrete tracks but he um something happened in the heat and he didn't make it out of his heat oh crummy and then he ended up going down in the consi oh, so man. But it was just i mean you had to win a heat or win a consi and there were in, in every there were four consies and there were four or five fast dudes in every fucking consi yeah oh yeah and the thing was they even said on the broadcast you have to win your heat and you have to win. Like there was no like one, two, and three from each one moves on. No, they were they really shortened it down. Otherwise, it would have taken all day because it still went pretty late. Uh, I forget what time the broadcast ended here, but I was like, add three. They hours. could also get rid of a bunch of stupid fucking classes in a wedding and <laughs> shit like that. But you know, oh yeah, the wedding they didn't. I, saw I doubt it, they broadcast that. Did they? They showed the people coming out, but they didn't broadcast the ceremony. From what okay. I saw, they ran like ads and stuff. Okay, at least on the page I was looking at, I wasn't looking at. You know, maybe they did it on Harley or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, they... Yeah, I mean, it was super fucking cool, though, to make that main event for sure. And then Saturday, I was all ready to get to the show early. Like, I went out with some people, but I didn't drink. So I, you know, I got back late, but I got up early. I was ready to be at the show at like 8. Didn't open till 10. I was going to go set up and everything. Right. So I went out to my truck, turned the key... And it goes, oh no. So, uh, that cold weather and those old batteries don't mix. So, I looked at the date on my batteries. They were nine years old. And before all you Midwesterners are like, oh, because you can't believe you never replaced your batteries. Well, they don't freeze here. Yeah. I was going to say, my batteries are are pretty old. Dude, they were working like champs, dude. They just, they would crank like nobody's business. They were the old, the old good Optimas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I was like, hey, dad. Can you jump start me? Well, his truck didn't fucking start. Oh, no. He had nine-year-old Optimus. I was like, no, his batteries were good. And then it turned over, and we kept spraying ether in it. I don't think he put anti-gel in the fuel either. Yeah. So we kept spraying ether in it, and it um, it finally, like, the starter just went out. So cluster The starter went out? On his. Oh. And <laughs> I don't know. So, and then... um. This guy came out and he plugged into mine and we we got mine jumped. And then he actually, my dad's got a stick, so he towed my dad and it fired right up. 
But as soon as mine fired, I went down to Costco and I got two brand new batteries. I wasn't trying to fuck around with fucked up batteries. No way. Yeah. You- got two brand new fucking batteries for hundred bucks piece. And then um, gave him my Optimus for my core charge. And then, so by the time I made it over to the show, it was like almost fucking noon or something. But I set up, um, talked to a lot of cool people, you know, gave away a lot of business cards, um, sold a few knives. Actually, the first two things I sold were one of the little titanium straws and one of the D2 spike, or uh, was actually the G10 spike. And um, they were both sold to girls. Was the first two sales, but those things, I mean, those things are funny because a lot of people are like, "Oh, what are these used for?" And I'm like, "Tell me a purpose you could think of besides stabbing someone in a kidney." I was just gonna say killing people. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, "They're not even like." The reason I make them is because they're kind of easy. They're kind of affordable for people to buy. You know, it's not. Um, it's not anything that I carry. Like I've, I had somewhere I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep this one for myself. And then I'm like, I'm not going to carry that fucking thing. Like it's weird, but I have to say a lot of them that I sell dudes buy for their girlfriends or their wives to keep in their purse. And then, yeah, this one, the first one a dude bought for his girl who is there and a second one, a girl just bought right away. So they say a spiked society is a polite society. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're weird because they're like they're definitely only have one purpose. Where like a knife has a lot of purposes besides stabbing someone. Um and some knives are designed pretty well just to stab someone and they're not good for much else, and some aren't. But uh, yeah, it was funny because someone pulled out one of the titanium straws and they're like, How well is this thing hold an edge? Titanium is pretty good, isn't it? And I'm like, Well, if you use it to stab someone in the kidney, I'd say it would last for a few kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I've tested on 16 people and, and it's And the guy like, looks at me weird and I'm like, what else? Are you? It's a fucking round straw with like basically an angle cut on the end of it. Like what else are you going to use it for? And he's like, oh yeah, good point. Listen, somebody's going to use that to give somebody a tracheotomy after an accident. And well, save, that's fine. The edge, the edge will hold up for that too. Yeah. But you're not going to open boxes with it every day. Nah. So... Unless that box is a human kidney. Yeah. So, um, and it's funny, like I tell my dad, I was like, I don't know how I even feel about making those because they're pretty fucking sinister, but they sell. So it's like, I'll keep making them. (laughs) Um, A couple of my knife designs too are like very self-defense oriented and not very practical, but it is what it is. Um, Hey, if somebody writes in and tells you that, your knife saved my life. You're going to feel pretty good. You know, about that's it. what I kind of told my dad. I was like, it was cool though, because girls are buying those. I'm like, yeah, dude, if I get a fucking email or something sometime and some chicks like this dude is trying to rape me and I stabbed him in the gut and that fucking thing. And then he left me alone. You know, what's funny. My sister actually, um, when she first saw my little spikes, I need to send her one. Cause she was like, I kind of want one of those for my purse. And I'm like, that's honestly who most of that demographic is. So not that dudes can't carry them in their pocket too, but, you know, it, it's just kind of funny to see that. Um, but, you know, it's... I think I'd stab a goat in the neck and then drink the blood. <laughs> it's funny because we live in a society where, like, you know, like, obviously I think that, uh, like, that is a dying thing. Like, the whole, like, men overpowering and taking what they want and, like, the whole rape culture thing, like... 
no matter what your point of view on all that is, like, one, no one should get fucking raped and the whole, like, she dressed and deserved it is bullshit, but... Oh, you should engrave that on the knife. Oh, you you deserve this or something. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be... That's awesome. Yeah, right? Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, I don't believe that that should happen and I don't believe women should have to be put in that situation. But I also believe that they do get put in that situation, so... Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like, you know, it's a, it's a bummer that they have to be in that situation, but I can't like me saying it's a bummer. Like me not putting a woman in that situation doesn't mean that other dudes don't. Yeah. And the best way to stop it is fucking be vigilant and stop it. Like I was going to say you learned after you got stabbed one time. (laughs) No. (laughs) Hey. You know what you um, just said deserves some applause. I don't know. I don't think it really deserves applause. I don't mean I, I it's think, common sense. <laughs> oh, it should be, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah, when I talked to you on Saturday, man, your voice, you sounded like uh oh, like it sounds good. Carol now. Channing, not Carol yeah, Channing. Right. Who is that? Who is that? I forget Godfrey. <laughs> no, man. It was it was that oh, it was so I forget bad. her name, but she was some old Hollywood actress that had yeah. just uh, scratchiest voice. Sound like you'd eaten about sixteen gallons of sandpaper. <laughs> well, I just my voice. I mean, it's still bad, but it would get bit. about like this, and then we'd be at a show talking over bands, yep. up late, going to the track, talking over motors. Um, at Mama Tried talking over bands and people again, and trying, especially Mama Tried, because I was talking to so many people, yeah. trying to sell my product. I was gonna say, how much did you actually uh, walk out of there making? No, listen, before you um, even tell me, I'm gonna guess that it was not even enough to cover one of the repairs that you had to make. Because, dude, it sounds like you're uh, about five grand in the hole after all. Well, that. luckily, I'm not that bad. Luckily, so some of the truck stuff was. It was going to happen anyway. So you wrote it off as like necessary maintenance, eventual maintenance. Not the wheel wells. I'm bummed about that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like the fuel pump and stuff, like that's that shit happens. You know, it it is what it is. But um, I think I made about 500 bucks because the spikes are only 40. I marked down the knives anyway because the demographic there isn't a demographic that's going to – they appreciate handmade stuff. They appreciate made in USA stuff. But if they see a $300 knife, they're just right away like, oh, nope. Like yeah. I even had one guy, he didn't want to spend two. I had the markdown. The nice one was marked down to two. And I was like, make me a good offer at the end of the day. He's like, oh, I'd like to spend like 100 And I was like, mm, can't do that though. Yeah. In Oregon, they're like, they're not um, hatchets, so we can't use them. And in Milwaukee, they're like, this is a little too pricey for uh, Midwest right? uh, blue-collar salary. <laughs> you got yeah, to mark your stuff down. But we had um, – As they go buy, and buy like a $900 Harley jacket. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did have a couple dudes, um, a couple brothers at race with us. They each bought one. And then uh, another dude – bought one you know to be i think just to be supportive yeah that's cool maybe not you know maybe they were stoked but the the two brothers i think were kind of just to be supportive and i was like you don't need to like it's cool and i told them i was like usually what i do because i consider them closer friends i was like i'll give you a pretty good deal and they're like he's like nope he's like i would never ask that of a maker and i was like that's cool too i get that you know i get both sides of it it's hard like I, i get the side of it's your buddy and you want to give him a deal. 
Yeah. And then I get the flip side of the best way to support your buddy's business is paying full price. Yeah. I never asked anybody for any free stuff over the years because I, I was like, dude, that's like how you lose money, dude. <laughs> like that's not how you yeah, make money. Yeah, I try to do, um, depending how well I know them or if they've bought a few. And I or Actually, <clears throat> what I've been doing lately is like um, giving people half. But then if they're like, oh, I think I'm going to buy a couple, I'm like, I can't really keep giving you oh, yeah. half. Yeah. still give you a good deal, but I can't really keep giving you half. Yeah. And they look at me weird, and I'm like, the first one's like a sweet bro deal because I want you to have one. If you really like it and you want more, I'll still give you a good deal, but I can't – I just can't give you that good of a deal yeah. every time. Come make one with me, and then you'll see how yeah, much yeah. you would like to charge I actually – uh, one of my friends and kind of um, – apprentices or whatever if you will is a student i had when i taught that i like still communicated with um i told him i was like dude because he he's helped me he's done some leather work for some of my knife stuff and he's just a cool dude and um good kid i say kid he's shit when i taught him he was in his early 20s so he's later 20s now but i'm like dude um i'm like if you want i go instead of me making you something which i I made him one. All right, he bought something off of me. I gave him real cheap too. But um, I go, like, because he's a machinist. I go, why don't uh, like get a piece of material, or you know, you can get a piece of material for me. And I'm like, come over and use my sander. I'm like, then I'll help you out. Like, we can use a grinder, and I'll kind of walk you through it. And I go that way. Like, it's kind of like I helped you, but then you also got to make it yourself. You know. Yeah. But he's also local enough. He can do that. Not everyone can. Yeah. But no, it was cool. Like. Like I said, a lot of the cards went out. Um, some of those people need to read the back of it and start following the Instagram account. <laughs> right. But just talk to a lot Give of people. Give it a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it was cool to see people in the industry that I respect that came over and saw it or even some that didn't make it to the table that had seen the Instagram and were so excited about it and so like – People noticing the improvement was cool to me. Of your product? Yeah. Oh, really? The, you know, they've been following it for maybe not even a year, maybe not even from the beginning. And they were just like, dude, from when I started following it to now, they're like so much better, so much improvement. And one guy was like, and of course he didn't, but he was like, dude, he's like, I want to buy one now and buy another one in five years. He's like, because people, it's so cool to me. I never thought of this or I never experienced this before, but it's so cool because so many people... I thought in my head, like, no one's going to want to buy this one because they know the next one's going to be better. Yeah. But in reality, it's it's different. Someone wants to buy this one because when they see the next one, they know that they were part of that process almost, you know? Like, they helped support it to get right. to the better one. And Is they're that, stoked on that. You, you know? just explained the electric vehicle market to me. <laughs> <sighs> that's a hard one because that's a big hit unless you got a lot of money. But, I mean, art's probably the same way. Yeah, art. Um, Music is the same way, although to me it's usually like early stuff's better. But, you know, some bands get better with age. Yeah, some, have, I have a lot of bands old. that I feel worse. Yeah, but um, so it was cool and it was cool to see the support and talk to the people and like everyone just excited. And I never thought time. of it that way, but that is kind of cool. That'd be rad to see, to get something and then have. Yeah, even if it's like. I don't know. You know, because they were like... Even if it was like motorcycles, like first gen versus last gen, even if they were 20 years apart, that'd be so cool to be like, oh, look at this. Kind of, yeah, you know? And it was just like, you know, some of the early stuff, like the grinds weren't as even. Right. They weren't as crisp. They were more um, handmade, though. I mean... They're right? really the same process. 
the the sander I have now is better, but a lot of it's just honing skills and things that I was leaving out, like little sharpening choils and little shit like that. Yeah. And just ways that I've refined the process and details that I've noticed to finish better. I've learned not to sharpen my choils over the years <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, just things like that. But it's cool to see like the support. And then I left Saturday night after the show and um, drove for a few hours, got tired, talked to you, got turned around. Oh no, and not then, again. Uh, no, no, no. Just when I was oh, on the okay. phone with you. Yeah. So I went out of the way like two miles and then back. So because you couldn't check your thing and talk to me. Yeah. yeah. And um nope. so I pull over to rest stop and I take a nap. And I was like, this is cool and beat. And um I wake up and it's snowing. And I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Dang. So in my head, I'm like, I need to get ahead of this, right? I, I need to like keep moving. So I don't know. So I leave the rest stop. I start driving through, like, just across into Iowa. I skip the corner of uh, Illinois the way that I went. So I get into Iowa to this little town, and uh, I see a car, like, had just slidden off the road because the flashes were on, and the guy, like, got out super slick. So I'm like, and it was like as I was exiting town, and I was like, fuck. Can't just leave that guy there. Well, no, not that. There were cars. He was on oh, the other side of the street. You're like, I'm leaving I that guy there. I couldn't have got him either. Later, so. bro. You just didn't want to be that guy in 20 more miles? Yeah, I was yeah. just like, fuck. So I'm like, I I keep moving, and I decided I was going to go straight to Davenport because it looked closer, but it wasn't as close as I was thinking. And it's like, I can't see. It's snowing super hard. I can barely see the road. Like, there were times where it was snowing so hard, and, and with the the way the road was, like, I couldn't see the edge of the road. Yeah. You didn't know where it was. You just hoped you stayed on it. So I'm doing like 20 mile an hour. Again, scared out of my mind, but it's not as mountainous as by yourself this time. By myself. It's not as mountainous as coming out of Portland. So I get my phone and I have this gas buddy app to look up gas stations. So of course I'm in the middle of nowhere. The next gas station I think was like nine miles and it took me like 40 minutes to get there. So I get there finally, like just fucking drained and it was like <laughs> two or three in the morning i fill up my truck i flip it around in the gas station i pull up next to the gas station and i'm like i got a little bit of food some water my truck's running i got a full tank of gas so i just fucking pass out in my seat and i'm like i don't know how hard or how long it's gonna snow for i have no fucking clue yeah what time was this at that you were doing this like 3 a.m Dang. So I wake up at like 6.30 or 7, and it basically had quit snowing when I stopped. But it wouldn't have mattered because you couldn't see the roads. Yeah. But by now I knew I'd be able to see the roads a lot better. So I pulled out, still had to do like 30 to 40. You could see there were paths in the snow, but it still covered the whole road. So I make it all the way down to Davenport to to the 80, Start hitting 80 west, and it's still shitty. Yeah, still I saw your pictures. 50, yeah, 60 even on the 80. Once I got out of, um, I text a buddy of mine who's in Omaha, Nebraska. Once I got out of Iowa, it cleared up a lot. Still had a little bit of snow early in Iowa, and then it kind of went away. Made it all the way to Denver Sunday night. Oh shit! I stayed with a friend of mine Sunday night in Denver, and he was like, "I probably wouldn't go across the 70." He goes, "I'd go back up to the 80. It's only two hours more." I'm like, okay. So I go up to the 80, make it all the way to Salt Lake. I'm heading south through Salt Lake, starts fucking, or past Salt Lake, starts fucking snowing again Monday night. (laughs) 
pull over. This has really been like a skier's paradise this year. Oh, yeah, except I was in a two-wheel drive dually with a trailer. Yeah, full of uh, still full of bikes. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, so pull off, fall asleep at a gas station again, <laughs> truck running. <laughs> Like, you know, stuffed a blanket in the window and slept till 7. It had quit. Going through Utah Tuesday morning, a little bit of snow on the roads, hit some snow, snowing for a while. Once I got south of the Utah, though, it cleaned up. And I was clear sailing all the way back to California. I got home Tuesday about uh, 3.3, pulled into a car wash close to my work and then drove over to my work to unload the bikes off the trailer and drop the trailer. Dang. And then came home and went to bed early last night. How Not many what I should do tonight? Yeah. How many uh, bikes did you have in total? Um, it, it fluctuated actually. So going, I started with seven to Portland, picked up Twitch's bike in Portland, and then picked up two mini bikes in Portland. Took the mini bikes over with Twitch and everyone. And then um, my co-driver jumped out in Milwaukee with his two bikes. He had a hooligan bike and a dirt bike. Okay. So coming back, I only yeah, had I saw six. a dirt bike in the back too. Yeah, yeah. So I only had six on the trip back. Still, I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> that's it, plenty. You know, I was getting grief from people about like charging people. No, no one that actually had bikes in the truck, but just other people were like, "You're making it about money and this and that." And the more I'm running the numbers, I'm like, this is why I have to make it about money. Like, it's costing me money. Yeah, dude. Especially like, all those truck maladies that you have. Well, and a point that I brought up to one of those people, I said, who else ever drives? And he's like, well, no one really does. And I'm like, then fuck them. I have to charge them because I have to pay for this fucking truck. <laughs> like, no one else is paying for the truck. Like, the only reason it's even insured and registered right now is this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, okay, yeah, exactly. If it was just me, I'd put a hitch on my car and a little trailer and I'd be done. So, <laughs> like the ultimate, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. They were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. And I'm like, stop trying to give me shit about it then. Yeah. I wouldn't be as comfortable with the dude uh, in your car with you, especially that little one. But, yeah, right. Hey, let's take a quick break and uh, come back and finish up some, some tales from the road and racing and ask some dumb questions and then. Do you have an Ask Wigs or anything this week? Uh, I do, but I'm thinking we should hold that one off for sure. this week. All right. Maybe we'll have some emails. All right, let's take a quick break and get back with some corn sauce in a few minutes. Hey, everyone. This is Liza from the Motorcycles and Mitzvahs podcast. And when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing Podcast, because the best way to fight pain is with pain. Hey there, this is Patron Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. I'm currently coming at you from Tokyo, and you're listening to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to, and you really dig motorcycle haiku. Later. Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking. Uh. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to Smelly Buns Podcast. Mm-hmm. We got a couple questions we're going to ask. I want Wiggs to have some quality time with the old bed yeah. and the old lady that's probably waiting for him back at his bed. So we're going to do this a uh, couple questions. We might uh, wrap up a little bit of stuff and then tell you where we're going to be. And then I'm going to get this guy out of here. And uh, I got some crummy, crummy cards for Christmas. And on every show, we, uh, well, past few shows, we've been asking each other these questions. There's stupid conversations. Hey, I have cards. to say, though. So I was talking to some people, some listeners, at a couple of the events. The dice and coin flip and all that, they were on my side. That was ridiculous. But <laughs> okay. I feel like they were. They kind of brought up the questions, and I'm like, I kind of like the questions. Yeah. Because it's... They brought like, them up in a good way, or like, why are you guys doing these questions? Uh, I don't remember their response to the questions. Yeah. It was mostly like the weird stuff with the challenge last time. Yeah. Like adding the accents and stuff. <laughs> they were totally on my side with that, weren't they? No. They were but like you know the dice. They were like I have the heard dice. people that were. That they were like that the funny. dice was off, but the <laughs> yeah. uh, the act the talk like a pirate was awesome. Yeah. So, I do have to admit that somebody said the Bob was too much because that that took away from the learning and. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I thought too. Like, and it made it. You're trying to concentrate too I much think how, how you, after you said that and I modified it to just say, all right, but I think that really works. Okay. But yeah. But yeah. I like these things. These are actually pretty cool, especially when we have a guest. Yeah. But I like them even for us too. Yeah. It works well. So. Well, and also my next, after the Solstice Slam, which is going to be in about four weeks. Uh, so please submit your stuff before four weeks. You don't submit it on the 22nd and then be like, why didn't it come out on the show that was on the 22nd? Uh I want to do a new challenge, and by then we we probably will have a new co-host in here. Um, there might be three of us to do challenges and, and stupid questions, so we might it might be fun. I mean, it, it might be like a whole new crazy thing, but at least we'll have more people to bounce it off. If I have a terrible idea, you guys can tell me, and then we'll bounce it around the room more. So, but these are pretty good. We'll have some more. We'll have dumber answers to these things. But uh, you just got back from the road. Go ahead and, and you take first slot here. Uh, the question for you says, what makes you feel proud of yourself? Oh, God. Not much lately. Uh, I am proud of myself that I, f- um, I don't know, not much. <laughs> really, not lately. Uh, why am I proud of myself? You know what? I am proud that my uh, of my kids, it's a cheesy parent, stupid answer, but um, this year they're both doing a lot of cool stuff and it kind of makes me proud as a dad. Uh, other than that, like, I feel like I'm failing at most everything else. So <laughs> the kids are what's holding it together right now. Thanks kids for ruining my life. Hashtag making it better. <laughs> like, like, isn't it true? Like I've never had less sleep in my life. I've never had to answer. Like I, now I know what a cop feels like when he's talking to two cracked out meth heads, because like, that's basically what kids argue. Kids are basically like drunks. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? Like kids are like, You'll see when yours gets older, it's like rationalizing with a drunk. My son doesn't think he sleeps. He thinks that he lays in bed and night passes really fast. Like the concept of time, like <laughs> think of that. Think of what's going through his mind. In his mind, he blinks and it's bright out. He, he It's dark, he blinks and it's bright out. So he just doesn't remember his dreams. He doesn't, like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't think he sleeps. That's he funny. tells me, I didn't sleep. I don't sleep. What are you talking about? I don't sleep. And I'm like, dude, you're seven years old. You're going to believe, you're going to not believe in Santa before you think that you sleep. This is weird. So it's like arguing with the drunk, 
yeah. college kid that just, you know, it's weird. And so then they argue over the dumbest stuff, which is like, all right, what do you got? Trying to split up two drunks, right? Like, it's the worst. So kids suck, but they're also very, very make me proud. Um, so for you, what's one quality you look for in a friend? Oh, man. You know, somebody that doesn't ramble on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably reliability. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I think that's what all good friends are at least reliable. Yeah, and I, I'm one of those people where I don't – I have a lot of, like, f- people I'm friendly with, and then I have a few friends. Yeah. So, I'd say I'm the same way. Like I, I'm usually like pretty happy like that. Like I don't know. I, I I try not to rely on too many people. Not like because I can't. Because I feel like my good friends, I can. But um, I also try not to be a burden as much as yeah. you know. And I, I try to be there for them when I can. Which I think it's hard for everyone when you're an adult and you have jobs and families and shit. But Dude. that to me, like a good friend is is reliable when you need something, you know? Yeah. I know. I was so grateful when you picked me up. And kind last, of honesty too. Last September. It's really good friends when they're like, you're being a fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah. No uh, one else will. I was going to try and tie those two together, but I mean, I guess they are separate qualities, but they do, they are both qualities of a good friend. Yeah. They're reliably honest, especially. Yeah. But yeah, man, reliability, uh, when you say you can count on your friends, dot, 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 whatever is after that. Yeah, for sure. That's the important part is that you're counting on them. So yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. All right. right. Well, that was a good question. And uh, we're we're going on an hour and a quarter here, or an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a quarter. So yeah. I think you've done your due diligence. It's late. Yeah. You drank some, Especially for me. some booze right and, now. and some caffeine-free tea, which drinking caffeine-free anything is like going to a, a gunfight with a knife. But um, but thanks for stopping by, no and uh, we'll see you here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Hopefully, new bat heater for you in here. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to some news and some current events that are coming up. Talk to you fools in a little bit. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. Clawman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clawman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. All right, everybody. I'll tell you what. Wiggins looked like he was about to fall asleep. <laughs> I'm glad we got him out of here. And I just want to say crazy stuff happening. We're going to hit a little bit of the news and then close out this show. But, um, Yeah. As far as the weather, you heard me and Wiggins talking about it. It's been rainy. It's been crummy. Uh, it snowed today in L.A. Uh, over by the beach and over in, um, you know, like, a, uh, what am I talking about? Like Beverly Hills and all that stuff. It's, it snowed. I mean, it was only for like a minute, but still, it's not supposed to snow over at the beach. We got tons of snow up here in the foothills uh, where me and Wiggins rode up uh, uh, for the uh, New Year ride. 
you know, that whole thing is snowed right now. There's snow on the 15 if you're going to Vegas. There's snow on uh, I-5 if you're trying to get into Los Angeles and out of the grapevine. Like, there's been stuff my, uh, some Amazon packages didn't come in for me. Ordered some new stuff, uh, you know, for, for the studio and uh, didn't get here in time for uh, recording because the I guess mail delay coming out of the Inland Empire and it's been snowy today. So interesting weather we've been having. It will be back up into the seventies next week. And so um, we're just, we're in like this weird cold snap right now, but hath hell frozen over. I mean, we we had snow at the beach here in California. I'm expecting like a tornado to happen in in Canada and like an earthquake to happen in Minnesota. You know, it's like we're we're swapping weather and uh, significant, disastrous situations here so um but yeah what you you guys take a couple earthquakes for us we're taking a little bit of your snow so when it snows this close to the border and to the equator like something's happening in other news i was reading on the internet from uh oregon K-V-A-L in Eugene, uh, Portland, uh, Oregon lawmakers are considering becoming the second state to allow lane splitting or lane sharing, which lets motorcycles go between lanes of traffic during congested stretches of freeway or highway. And so I was reading this article. It looks like House Bill 2314, which I think in California was Assembly Bill 51, if I'm not mistaken, they had taken, in California, they had taken a uh, recent study that the California Highway Patrol did with UC Davis or UC Berkeley, UC Berkeley, I think, and uh, they had compiled a bunch of of data, and they said that motorcyclists, when they're uh, between cars, as in there's a car, then a motorcycle, then a car, and the car doesn't stop and it smashes the motorcycle into the other car, or the motorcyclist can't stop in time and, and hits the back of a car. The most common accidents are motorcyclists not putting on the, the brakes hard enough or going way too fast for their own brakes and not being able to slow down. So when you're sharing or you're in between uh, cars, um, let's just say it like perpendicularly, not, uh, I don't know that, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, when you're in between cars, um, in between the lanes, sharing the lanes rather than in the same lane in between cars, much safer, uh, the accidents, uh, less risky and, uh, pr- frankly avoided like rear end collisions just don't happen because you're in between the cars. Uh, that would have to be a very skinny car to rear end you. But also in places I find like Arizona where you don't have to wear a helmet or you know, you're not required to wear a helmet. You can smear your face blood on head blood all over the freeway if you crash, but you can't share lanes or filter when it's hot as blazes, you know, to quote uh, Michelle Mankiewicz. Um, I, it's, that's amazing to me. It's really, and, and it helps with congestion. So maybe it's not such a high congestion thing, but places like Atlanta, like New York, um, places that I hear people just complain about traffic, you know, one, two, three, all, all day long, you know, 24 seven, uh, 89.5. It just seems like that would be the place and also places where it's really hot or even really cold, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's a hazard to be out in the cold. So sharing, uh, being able to filter through, would keep you safer on, on all levels from a collision standpoint and, uh, from a human standpoint being too hot or too cold. Right. And so I think it's amazing. And now Portland, uh, this article coming out of Oregon talking about it, and it says House Bill 2314 would allow lane splitting. It would only be permitted on roads with a speed limit higher than 50 miles per hour, and motorcyclists would only be allowed to do it when traffic is going slower than 10 miles an hour. 
and riders would only be permitted to go 10 miles per hour faster than the slow of traffic. So if traffic was doing zero, riders would be able to do 10 miles an hour through them. And then it says, quote, well, that was a quote, but this is another quote. This is not the California model where motorcyclists are going to be zinging by you at 80 miles an hour. My friend, that is not really the California model. The last time I checked, and this is uh, unofficial, the last time I checked, you could only do it when traffic was below, it's either 40 or 50 miles an hour, and you're only allowed to do it 15 miles an hour faster than the flow of traffic. So this is off by off of us by five miles an hour. The only the only difference here is that they can't do it until traffic is going much slower. So let's say traffic is going nine miles an hour and you're allowed to go 10 miles an hour faster. You're allowed to go 19 miles an hour, huh? Through traffic. So you're not going slow. You're not like creeping through. But regardless, um, the study from University of California, Berkeley, compiled statistics from the state's highway patrol. So this is a... Uh, this proves my point that it's Berkeley, not Davis. And it found lane splitting reduces the number of serious crashes to motorcyclists. And this is true. And not only that, but it helps in super congested areas. Um, it helps with traffic. Uh, you know, one one motorcycle uh, and tr- being able to multiply that by even if it's just a small number of motorcycles on the road, there's no reason to take up a huge, huge, huge uh, area when you, when, when you don't need to, I mean, regardless of whether or not like you're doing it for whatever reason, there's just no reason to do it. It's like, it's like if bicycles were riding on the street and didn't have their own bike lane and making them share the space with cars they are going much slower. You know, you get a group of 20 people in a, in a Peloton on Saturday and like you've you wrecked it, you know, you're, you're done. Everyone's doing 12 miles an hour through town. So I think this is pretty amazing. Uh, that really had nothing to do with lane splitting except the fact that, you know, what's one more vehicle out of your way helps you get home faster, helps motorcyclists get home faster. So basically I don't have any follow up on this yet as to if, when this is going to be, um, you know, when they're going to vote on this or anything like that. I know that they did have a vote, uh, last year or the year before, uh, right around the time that California was finalizing, um, or actually that California was deciding to give the highway patrol the authority to uh, make some recommendations, you know, on, on lane splitting or lane sharing. Um, and Texas was looking at it. I know Oregon, I think even might maybe Washington was, and all of them fell through just because weird things happened with the budget and the elections and, and uh, different things like that uh, kind of, cut out, you know, cut out people, the deadlines ended, funding ended. So they couldn't really, uh, keep going with that. But what they did do is, uh, put it on the back burner and Oregon's seriously considering this. So it'd be kind of cool. I know, um, a lot of people that travel actually between here and Oregon that would probably appreciate that. And, um, you know, it won't feel so weird going out of California and all of a sudden at the state line having to screech, (laughs) back into the lane (laughs) or whatever. Um, Something else that I read in the news was that the oldest Harley-Davidson dealership in the U.S. was acquired by an auto dealer. This is the A.D. Farrow Company Harley-Davidson. They started, I think it said, in 1921, somewhere around Columbus, Ohio. And the A.D. Farrow family helped Harley in the 20s, you know, it's not like Harley Davidson doesn't say on their 
timeline that they didn't sell a bike like the next year after they were made. But when you real when they really started selling was like the twenties. I mean, motorcycles didn't even take off until right around the twenties. Promptly died like in twenty nine when the market crashed. About eight thousand uh, companies went out of business right around then, and only like two survived, but um, two or three. But so eighty Faro has been around uh, for since nineteen. 19- let me see. The 80 Ferro Company, America's oldest Harley dealer, was founded in 1912 by Alfred D. Farrow and his wife, Lily. So I was wrong. 21? Nay, my friend. 1912. So that's a that's an early jump here. And they got bought by a, uh, well, not bought out completely, but uh, an automotive dealership company um, came and took over ownership by buying a majority of stake in the company. So I'm sure they will still be around. They're not going to go anywhere. Um, but just to be noted that the oldest Harley Davidson dealership is no longer in the hands, uh, of the original owner and, um, decisions to be made by (laughs) said company could affect future sales from this, uh, long, long standing, one of the very first, uh, Harley dealerships, which I think is actually kind of cool. You can't really go down to Kaiser nowadays and get a boat or a car. It's like you can get medical insurance. So it's cool to see that a company has been around since 1912 that's still doing the same thing that it was back in 1912. Usually with the evolution of things, things don't really last that long these days. So uh, I hope and pray that if the guy, the car dealership ever decides to uh, sell out or, you know, get rid of the business that uh, they sell it back to one of the Farrell family. From the same source, different article, I learned just today that uh, BRP, the famous maker of the Can-Am Spider and the uh, couple other things that you may know them for, they make quads and and, uh, other such stuff. Um, They, I think, did they make dirt bikes back in the day? They might have, but anyway, not to digress too far. They have created electric and hybrid proto- prototypes of the Can-Am Spider. They do uh, electric karting with Rotax. They do uh, have electric side-by-side utility vehicles now that are for you know like commercial use. They have bought the uh, some selected assets from uh, Faster Faster Incorporated. If you don't know who Faster Faster Incorporated is, they are known as Alta Motors, and Alta uh, is now part of their uh, you know acquisitions that they've made. They you know it said in a press release from BRP that they have no interest in restarting Alta Motors. And they are not assuming any of their liabilities or debts. They really just purchased certain uh, physical and, uh, from what I think is, uh, physical assets and some of the patents. And so what I think they're doing is they're just buying useful stuff for them to, to capitalize on and like use for their products to develop their stuff. I don't think that they are really going to be making, um, you know, Alta come back and hopefully Alta didn't sell i'm sure they didn't sell any of their copyright name or any of that stuff i'm sure they're just licensing patents or selling patents selling stuff that uh you know they already have the the uh uh, what's what's the word i'm looking for like the the uh, intellectual uh property of and the intellectual um knowledge of so they don't really need it you know they can sell off patent here or there um just make something else that's a little different and repatent that i guess but in the meantime, hopefully that will get them some uh, some asset 
you know, money or maybe reinvestment money so they can maybe restart up again or get some capital. I don't know. But what it is, what is amazing is that BRP, maybe they could use some of their stuff to make a something that's cool that's not a three wheeler. <laughs> not to di- not to diss on three wheelers, but you know, Can Ams uh, would be really cool if they had two wheels and looked a lot like an Alta. So we'll see. We'll see what BRP does with this. And in the next few years, um, as major players start taking over the. Uh, you know, the industry with electric offerings. We'll see what BRP, maybe they, they realize the need to, you know, that's why they're working on the Can-Ams because like every company, they're going to also need to go electric. And so maybe they'll offer us a motorcycle and a Can-Am. We'll see. And maybe snowmobiles. Who knows? We'll, maybe we'll see all sorts of weird stuff uh, coming out of the BRP factory in the near future using Alta patents. If you saw the crazy post that we put on our Facebook page last week, I guess it was, about General Motors making an e-bike for people to commute around, um, they are hedging their bets, my friends, with this new shared ride economy uh, that features, you know, scooters and, and bicycles and things like that. I don't know if they're getting into that market, but they definitely are offering uh, their consumers a bicycle, an alternative to the car. Ironically, you know, they're... Well, they'll sell you whatever they can now. So maybe they'll get into making shoes. Who knows? But the shared economy and the shared ride economy is nothing new. We've all we've talked about it before from Lime bikes to bird scooters and and all that jazz. Like every town has their you know own little thing that uh, all these companies that are emerging and allowing people to, um, you know, not, you don't need a license. You don't even need to own your own little scooter or bicycle and you're going to be in the city. So you don't really want to rent a car. You know what I'm saying? It allows you to get more places, um, without being liable for a a car and, and passengers and stuff. Well, guess what? Uh, Mahindra Motors or Mahindra Group, who is, um, wow, they own everything from, like farm equi- farm equipment, tractors, trucks, motorcycle scooters. Uh, I think they own like uh, aerospace stuff. Like Mahindra is huge, right? And they're one of the biggest manufacturers of all sorts of uh, transportation around in the globe, uh, based in India. They are bringing over here to the states. Uh, Mahindra North America is introducing the Gen Z. They're they're going to have they're kind of like the Hunter Metropolitan, and they're going to be come part of this new uh, rideshare economy. They are small electric scooters, and I believe they're coming out with a small uh, electric bicycle. Now, I think they said a 200 series. I have no idea what that means, but the fact is they're jumping on board. They're introducing, you know, new, new, uh, basically another one more brand throwing their hat into the ring of this shared ride economy that everybody everybody's enjoying and uh, if you haven't seen i mean even guys like uh, mark from rusty butcher is taking out these scooters and shredding them so it's not like not like just dopes out there you know young kids people without licenses or you know whatever riding these things or, or idiots he was properly shredding it with some friends so people are just getting these things for fun and uh you know hitting the streets and it's an like I said, it uh, doesn't cost you probably more than less cheaper than a tank of gas would be. And you're not liable for a huge, huge vehicle. And uh, if you crash those, it doesn't cause much damage from what I know. But uh, I thought that was interesting. More and more people may be getting into this. Our, the question that we posed in that Facebook post was, what if automakers 
are now going to be turning to smaller uh, shared economy sort of stuff or uh, alternative modes of transportation. Like I'm saying, um, you know, seeing GM get into bicycle making uh, kind of shows you, is, is this a sign of the times? So we'll certainly see in the next few months uh, what happens with that. Another article that I saw pop up that I thought was kind of interesting from an industry insider standpoint is the six motorcycle manufacturers announced a collaboration to increase rider safety. Uh, so there are six manufacturers that have joined together in a, quote, pre-competitive, uh, well, let me not quote that. Let me see what it says. Oh, right here. In a pre-competitive research and advancement, end quote, capacity. So uh, it's B, it's uh, American Honda, BMW, Harley-Davidson, Indian, Kawasaki, and Yamaha, all, all USA Corps. They've teamed up to form uh, the SMRC, which stands for the Safer Motorcycling Research Consortium. Uh, they organized in Washington, D.C. as a 501c nonprofit entity to develop, this is another quote from this article, to develop strategies to advance and integrate on-road motorcyclist safety through data-driven research and collaboration with relevant stakeholders, end quote. So what that says to me is uh, development of safety through data-driven research. Well, that, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, to me, that means... I could see, you know, with Ducati and Audi, we announced that they were doing some V to V and V to I sort of stuff. And and over in Europe, they're already next level with vehicle to infrastructure and vehicle to vehicle uh, communications. It's only getting more and more prevalent. So I didn't know if, if they're doing this in a pre-competitive uh, capacity because that means that they're trying to stay ahead of legislation and regulation in the States. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Or if they're really just trying to um, as things are becoming more uh, safety conscious and safety aware, get ahead and make their stuff not seem so dangerous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I don't know what this is. Is it, is it uh, to develop rider aids? Is it to develop future technology? All I, all I see here is that it's pre-competitive. So six people don't just come together for no reason. They're trying to get ahead of something. So I'm, I'm interested from a, um, from a perspective of like, will this affect... Uh, motorcycle technology will this affect motor the way motorcycles are made or manufactured or regulated like what's i want to see what's behind this curtain what's coming down the pipeline and and i don't think we're going to see this for a couple of years so um it's interesting i'm going to be trying to remember to follow this and see smrc comes out with this or smrc finds this what it's going to do for us as an industry like what does this mean to you and me the writer i have i don't really have an idea yet but it seems like they're trying to get ahead of some regulation and some um like some technological wave of stuff that's coming through i don't know if there's like a new v to i uh or v to v sort of thing with everything that's happening right now in the automotive world uh that's going on it's rap it's advancing so rapidly uh i don't know if they're just trying to stay on top of it so that motorcycles don't become irrelevant or if they're trying to get ahead of, like I said, some legislation or, um, you know, mandatory enforcement of like some safety system. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to keep my eye on this and hopefully, uh, see if things, what, what pans out over the next like 12 to 24 months. All right, everybody. Well, it's been an interesting show and, uh, don't want to talk your ear off anymore, but if you would like to submit some stories for Solstice Slam prior to March 22nd, the show will be airing March 22nd. 
So get them in uh, by midnight to the 21st, and we'll do our best to uh, stick them on the show. It can be art. It can be – we'll post that up on the blog, uh, creative-writing.com. Not writing, writing. Um, creative-writing.com. And uh, if you do anything else, if you record a voice memo and email it to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com, if you send us a song, if you uh, send us some spoken word stuff or anything audio, well, of course, that will make it into the podcast. Um, Poetry, haiku, uh, song, um, fart noises uh, that you make with your back tire on an old playing card. I don't care what it is. Send it to us. And I will be happy to air it on the episode coming out March 22nd, 2019. If you want to leave a message, you can call us. I'm going to try this up top of my head. I, I forgot. always forget this. 740-563-2858, I believe, is the uh, phone number where you can reach us. If it's not that, it's 704. No, I think it's 740. 740-563-2858. Uh, leave your missive in person with your own voice at Creative Writing uh, Answering Box, whatever those things are called. They're so I'm, what are those called? Answering machines? Are they even around still? Answering machines? I think they're just called voicemails now, right? My producer's giving me the uh, the head shake. Yes. So yeah, leave a voicemail for us there, um, or email any any files over to Creative Writing Podcast at gmail.com or slam at creative writing.com. Whichever one's easier for you, they're both kind of long and crappy. So, uh, whichever one you choose, it'll both, they'll all make it to me. So, do that. That's March 22nd, Solstice Slam. Uh, coming up March 20, uh, nope, I'm sorry, March 30th at Industry Hills Expo Center will be the Moto Massive. It's a massive mini bike mayhem. There'll be drag racing. I think there'll be a time attack. There's going to be a show. There's going to be tons of burnouts and stunts. Um, all scooter, Grom, uh, mini bike, stuff like that. It's going to be pretty damn cool. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, you can go check out the uh, Women's Moto Nation, February 24th at Torque Moto Cafe down in San Diego. Uh, sponsored by Russ Brown Motorcycle Attorneys. It's going to be the Girls of Go, the Lidas San Diego, the Damas Republic, the Women of Win, Chrome Diva San Diego, the UMW Owners Club, Flat Black Collective, and others. Uh, Sunday, February 24th, all women motorcyclists and motorcycle clubs invited to come together to network, build friendships, and motivate. Oh, way to use a pun, baby. Uh, they're the Women's Moto Nation. There's going to be prizes. Tell your friends, don't miss out on this inaugural meeting. All right, here goes my computer. About to take a few shits, so uh, stick around. March 16th, the Born Free uh, pre-party. No, it's not really the pre-party. It's the Born Free show party happening at the uh, Mount Baldy Lodge. When is this going on from? Let's see if they have a time. It just says 12 to 6, so I'm guessing that's the time. (laughs) So that's the Born Free show. They do a party uh, every... Um, I want to say like a couple few months before uh, actual Born Free show. Uh, listen, Hot VW's Drag Days, baby. Uh, let me see. March 10th, 2019. Happening at Irwindale, the Triple Crown Racing Series. I used to go to this when I had a VW. I live right down the street from Irwindale. I should go to this. Um, you can go to bugin.com, www.bugin.com. There's going to be some motorcycles there because I'm going to be there. Uh, but yeah, come check out some radical Volkswagens. Like 
If you never seen Notchback, I was trying to tell Chris about it. Like, Notchback's rule, dude. Um, yeah. So, the Vintage Motorcycle Swap Meet, if you're not into VW Bugs, happening this weekend as well. Sunday, February 24th from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. 4537 Huntington Drive South in Los Angeles. It's right out of Pasadena, San Marino, South Pass. And right before you hit actual L.A. proper... Um, go check it out. There's, it's $10 per space if you want to sell. I mean, you're a little bit late now to get into this, but they're going to have a lot of vintage parts. We we'll really want to check that out. Uh, March 22nd, uh, 2019, St. Paul, Minnesota, the War of the Twins 2 is happening. And uh, keep your ears peeled for that. That ought to be pretty awesome. And right around the same time as that, we're going to be having Social Slam here, but we're also going to be having the... Uh, Mo, uh, Outliers Guild Moto Show which is LA's version of the one and Mama Tried and all that great stuff uh, that's going to be happening March 23rd at the Container Yard so uh, keep that in mind uh, I'm not going to keep you too much longer I don't want to be on here too much longer it's getting late and the show has to go out and you got to get back to work oh my god your boss is uh, looking at you funny because you're listening to a crummy podcast uh, anyway, please leave us a review in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Podbomb, Earbean, um, Pocket Snatcher, uh, Cornhusker, um, Eardrooper, and Tongue Listener. Uh, all those apps where you can find your podcast. Uh, leave us a rating or a review. As usual, hit us up on the Facebooks or Instagrams at Creative Writing Podcast. Hit up Wigs at Wig09 on Instagram or Field Initiative Knives. And I saw that he posted uh, he's going to be exhibiting at a knife show next month, next week. I don't know, but check it out, man. Uh, go to Wig09 on Instagram and see where he's going to be if you want to check out some of his cool knife work. And as, as usual, have a great weekend.